I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In a sudden flash, it all comes clear. It's a eureka moment, an epiphany. Hi, I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning, and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history... We talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids. Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day. Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to History Hack. If you didn't know by now, we are the revolution. That means we're sharp, witty, lots of fun, but it also means that we're essentially the peasants in Les Mis huddled round a table in the corner of the bar with no money. If you enjoy the show, please do support us. We have a Patreon account by which you can donate a small monthly sum in appreciation of what you're hearing. Alternatively, we have Ko-fi in which you can just do a one-off donation as a thank you if you particularly enjoy a certain episode. Either way, we massively appreciate all of your support. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another instalment of an unusually serious and more important than usual uh, history hack. Um, our guest is laughing at that because she knows the shithousery that goes down <laughs> on this show, which we're not <laughs> apologetic for. But it is another instalment of Women's Rights Week. Um, Alex, I think it's your turn to have a rant. About it's my turn to have a rant. You had a very good rant yesterday uh, with Elaine. I liked your rant. Uh, my rant's simpler. My rant is, uh, so we decided that we hate the Supreme Court, especially Clarence Thomas, uh, and we hate what's going on in America. So, uh, and just chucked DeSantis in there as well, because I think he's born of Satan. Um, um, we, but politics is not our thing. That having said that, I mean, there's a holy trinity, isn't there? I'm already looking at our guests. Just add Trump to that, and they are the spawns of Satan. Um so we thought, well, what do we do? We talk about uh, history. So we're going to just basically spend this week highlighting just how effing hard women have worked across hundreds of years of history. We won't only talk about America this week um, because America aren't the only ones guilty of taking women's rights away. They're not the only country banning abortion and shit. Uh, just, just ask Alina because apparently all the Polish women are now running to the Czech border. Uh, to have agency over their bodies uh, so we we're going to go back in time a bit further today and to do that I mean who else would we ask if we want to talk about women's rights uh, and women's suffering basically than Eleanor Yanagar who also loves a rant don't you Eleanor oh my god I just um you know my my reactions to all of this was first to cry and then to start ranting so you know thanks so much for having me on so that I can continue to do that because um you know I got a lot to say about I was gonna say it was like it's unlikely that Eleanor won't have opinions we are going to talk about (laughs) and abortion in the middle ages but before we do that we asked Elaine yesterday uh we'll ask you today have Hmm. your say about the the Supreme Court and what they've done as an American woman? Um, Well, in the first place, I think that a big part of what's going on with the Supreme Court is just what I would uh, designate as judicial overreach in in the first instance. Um, They're having a little game right now. 
uh, where they're just pretending that they can take away uh, what our rights, you know, over over our autonomy. And in the first place, I think that the Supreme Court is a stupid institution because I don't think that anyone should have political appointments for life. And I also think it's really stupid to get a political appointment for life and then sit around because like you're like, oh, yeah, I, I sit around and try to think what the ghost of, you know, the founding fathers want. And um, I cannot be more serious when I say I don't care what a single founding father would have wanted. You mean the slave-owning... They're slave-owning genocide... Complicated founding fathers. Like, why do I care what Thomas Jefferson wants? He was raping a slave for most of his life. You know, like, his ideas about women's rights mean less than nothing to me. And what should be fundamentally clear is that uh, women are in fact people and we should have some form of right over our bodies and what happens with that um i also think it's just kind of a a failure of american government more generally because you know this is something that could have been sorted out years ago you know we 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 had um you know and i've got to say you know this is this is an l for my team because you know the democrats could have sorted this out in uh the year of our lord 2008 or sorry 2009 when we had a super majority in congress and a president who said he was gonna do this obama said he was gonna do this and then he just got bored he just got bored and wandered away instead so that's nice um that they just didn't get around to it. Um, so we're all living in the consequences of that uh, now. And, um, you know, it's a good thing I have a couple other forms of citizenship because I can't go back there, can I? So, yay. Feel yay. better now? Marginally yeah. better. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. So, I mean, that said, let's do the history and let's let's just highlight for people Mm. that women wanting some control over their own wombs Mm -hmm. is not a new fucking no and i mean and this is the thing so and it's really interesting because we definitely know that women you know wanting abortions and abortions needing to be procured like i'm talking in a european context because that's what i know right um at least dates back to the ancient period and this gets twisted up this little piece of evidence gets twisted up by um anti-abortion people because um they will look at the original hippocratic oath which says that people shouldn't give women abortifacients and they'll say ah see see these people were against abortion but that's not what it's about um it's about the fact that abortifacients for a really long time are poisons right and if you get the dosage right if you get the dosage right then that can you know um basically like a cause miscarriage so they're you know effective abortifacients and there's there's all kinds of natural ways to do that but you are risking it right When you do this, it is always something that you're kind of taking into your own hands. And what the Hippocratic Oath is saying when it says, like, don't don't do that, is that you're going to endanger the life of the mother. Right. So but at the same time, like in in the second century, uh, Serranus of of, uh, Euphasius um, was wrote down a bunch of recipes for abortifacients and he's like oh yeah like women need these um you know like and, and he like, says for all kinds of frivolous reasons he's like oh because you might be you know you might be doing adultery or you might just like be trying to keep your girlish figure so yeah like have an abortion right yeah. like so there you know there's a real range of relating to it and it's all generally kind of saying well yeah like it's on you but these things can sort of be dangerous right so we have all kinds of pharmaceutical texts from the ancient period that tell you how to make 
you know, abortifacients. And like, you know, you can look in one, there's a, a great pharmaceutical text called the Materia Medica. Um, and it's by a physician called Pedanius Discordarius. Um, and it, which is easy for me to say, obviously. Uh, and it's from the first century. And it's got like about a thousand different substances, uh, it, substances in it that it describes how to use. And about 140 of those can bring on menstruation. And about 49 of them can expel an embryo and 18 can terminate an embryo. And he's got six fully that he's like, this is for abortion. So don't tell me, do not tell me when I am talking about the first century, like that this is something that is like new or like some kind of like moral thing that like immoral thing that like modernity has drawn out of women. Because it's been at least since, you know, the ancient period that people have been realizing that this is something that's in demand and saying that women should have access to it if they want it. And yeah. So there, there's a ton of stuff to say, like safe access to it as well. Exactly. Exactly. And so that's the thing is that, you know, to be fair, these things can be dangerous if they're used incorrectly. But, you know, if you're a medical professional, supposedly that's supposed to be your job to figure that out. And so here's some medical professionals who are kind of like, yeah, that's how you do it. Right. I just want to reemphasize what Alex was saying there about this, this fundamentally, this law or this ruling, I should say, is, a, is about preventing safe access. Because whether you like it or you fucking hate it, what is going to happen... We're not going to do it. It's going to happen. All that this has achieved is made unsafe abortion techniques far, far more likely mm-hmm. to endanger mm-hmm. the women who are, who are subjected to them. So all you've done is made your citizens less safe. You haven't mm-hmm. actually done anything that is going to do any meaningful good but just to pick up on what eleanor was um saying as well there's a, a medical text called gynecologia as well isn't there mm-hmm. yeah, i mean there cruising, is. cruising the bloody name yeah. about what that might be about and that's talking about exactly the same things you know sort of i think and this is based on very hazy knowledge isn't it kind of like pungent things and and um sort of spicy foods and and heat being quite key in trying to um trying to facilitate an abortion yeah that's right because you know it kind of all goes with humoral theory obviously and because um women are seen as being cold and wet um and it's kind of like um your femininity which allows for feminine fecundity right so if you are wishing then to no longer be pregnant then what you need to do is kind of like up the masculine if that makes sense oh, yeah so, oh this is all the theory about how you need a nice hot man and his sperm and stuff exactly yeah so basically <laughs> if you have like spicy herbs and things like that it's like that if you're up the hot and dry then that's going to kind of allow for abortion but what's interesting is that we know that a lot of the things that are in gynecologica and a lot of the the other um old uh, herbariums and things we do know that those that they work like a lot of them work you know it'll be pennyroyal or it'll be things like that that we know are actual abortifacients so um it's a quite interesting way of looking at it because we see that people will kind of like classify something as hot and dry after they realize what it does and they're like oh if it does this then it must be hot and dry because it's doing this you know they're not just like rubber stamping it It, it's interesting because it is kind of like um scientific in a way 
you know, because they are using observed phenomenon or observed ways of seeing these things. But um, they also a lot of the time will in these medical textbooks say, you know, this is tried and tested. You know, this method for abortion is something that definitively works. And so a lot of the time you because, you know, sometimes uh, medical manuals from, you know, up until we figure out what germs are, they'll be full of stuff that doesn't work. Right. You know, and so like having someone's stamp that's saying like, yeah, if, if you're in trouble, here's a way of doing it really seems to kind of put people at ease, which makes sense. I just want to say on that hot and dry thing, there are certainly plenty of men that we all know who we could describe as dry and hot, but not in a good way. Um, but anybody <laughs> who has this perception that women are cold and wet clearly doesn't spend much time around women um is is what i will say there and i will resist making any obvious uh (laughs) smutty comments there but yeah um the other thing that we should talk about i suppose is contraception of Mm. varying forms because i mean this is the one that people uh, are loving to throw out there if they're in favor of this abortion abortion ruling isn't it that oh well women can stop themselves from getting pregnant as if it only takes one person Tell to that tango. to the 10 year old rape victim in ohio that yeah that to go out of state to get an abortion <sighs> I, I just 10 years weep. old i just weep for her yeah um yeah so um in terms of like pre-modern abortion forms uh as abortion uh contraception forms yeah your most popular is pull and pray baby hey you know like so that's uh, that is kind of like the the one um then you know they there will be recipes that say that they can kind of block conception as well um and they tend to kind of look to us like actually what they do is kind of like um they encourage like periods to start so that is actually true like i mean that's a form of contraception because if like the egg can never implant into the wall of the uterine lining then like there you go hey presto like it it never happened right which is essentially kind of like what the morning after pill does now like emergency contraception it prevents um eggs from implanting now it prevents eggs from implanting by like adding extra mucus to the uterine lining which makes it impossible uh which is different to just having it shed the lining more generally but either way you're pretty good to go um condoms not so much um, at this point, by the time condoms do get invented, like in the kind of early modern period, they're also they're often kind of like lambskin and things like that, which are they, they can work like it, it's possible. But the major thing that people do at this point in time, if they don't want to get pregnant, is um, they simply pull out. Um, you know, or they have non-procreative forms of sex. But this is what's so annoying about these terrible people as well, because these terrible people who don't want women to have abortions, they also are really down on like non-procreative forms of sex because they call that like degenerate, right? Because the only kind of sex that is supposed to be acceptable, they've like picked up on thousands of years of the church's teachings on this and whatever. And it's like, oh, the only time sex is okay is when you're trying to get pregnant and when it's between a married woman and a man. Right. And so therefore, the only acceptable kind of sex is like penis and vagina sex where you're just like eh, really going for it, you know. And if you if you say to these people, well, I don't know, you could do something instead, like maybe we should be encouraging people to be more into oral or something like that. They'll freak out. 
like they'll lose their minds because like that's degenerate and that's and that's gross and then you know also to put paid to all of this you know like clearly for thousands upon thousands of years people are interested in having contraceptives we finally get effective contraception just like you know 50 years ago and these people hate that too right <laughs> so like don't n- none of them none of them none of them are like i mean they've they've explicitly stated i believe it was uh Claren- in clarence thomas's ruling he explicitly said that they should go after contraception next oh yeah so- i like the bit as well where he said they should go over uh the one of the ones he advocated uh going after was like half the ruling but the other half of the ruling was the one that uh enabled him to marry his white wife so presumably he's okay with that bit but not the other bit because he wants to go after that this man oh Uh, this man this man this literal rapist um i just uh sex offender telling other people how to behave on this yeah great um Um, but (laughs) you know these things are really kind of tied up with each other obviously it's like you know when you can't really talk about abortion without talking about birth control more specifically in contraception because the two are wedded together and they know that and are being facetious you know they are i mean let's we do need to talk about the churches so i literally i've just had to cover in the introductions to my thesis um the changing perceptions of suicide um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my takeaway from that in writing my introduction was people were pretty much like Think about it your own way and be a grown up. And then along came the church and told mm. everybody uh, how to respond to it and criminalized it. Um, yeah. And that's potentially something that's even more controversial than abortion, um, yeah. in taking yeah. your own life. But is it the same? So the church comes along and puts in these arbitrary responses to <sighs> abortion and contraception. Um, but have they evolved? Have they changed? I mean, I, you, the way we're talking, you know that they're still clinging to religion as proof that we should not do either. Yeah. So it's it's quite ironic because, OK, so in the first place, granted, the medieval period is long. Right. So like we're talking about a thousand years. So um, I like opinions on abortion kind of ebb and flow. Things change. But as a general rule of thumb, the medieval church, a lot chiller about it than these guys. So um, as a general rule of thumb, what you can say is that, okay, like, yeah, the church does think that ending a pregnancy is sinful. Okay. But they've got kind of like a rule about that because they say that, well, it's all right if you do it before the fetus is what they call quote formed or ensouled, which is often tied to what they call the quickening so when you can feel the fetus moving in your uterus then it is considered to have a form and a soul right so whilst you so and and it's just kind of like so basically they're like well it's not great is it but like 10 hail marys you know like it's a their their kind of thing is that you should be kind of like doing it as quickly as possible and then it's kind of like a well you know it's a slap on the wrist it's it's like any of the numerous numerous sins that the church will find you you know guilty of you know like it's it's like eating meat and lent or something like that it's not the end of the world but it's not great um they give higher penalties for like later term abortions um but the other thing is there's kind of like a corollary with this because fundamentally the church is really clear on the fact that what happens a lot of the time is that if women don't have abortions babies die 
And I don't mean in the in the way that like the evil Supreme Court is talking about fetuses like they're babies. I mean, full on, they are born babies because one of the big things that happens is infanticide. And we see a lot of infanticide over the period. And that's what happens when you can't access an abortion. It's not like, oh, well, you know, you grow up happily ever after and, and everyone just kind of like learns a rule. If you've got a kid that you can't feed, you've got a kid that can't feed. Now, having said this, there is also kind of like this option where a lot of people will go and if after they give birth and they will like ditch their babies with a monastery or a nunnery and they'll they kind of like do the, the you know, the like ding dong dash, you know, they're, they're like, there's a baby. Wah! And then they and they run off. And so actually in a later medieval period, when that starts picking up in prominence, you see a lot of theologians be like, actually, I feel like abortion before the quickening is fine. Maybe do that because they're looking after so many babies suddenly in monasteries and nunneries that they can't keep up with it. And they're like, stop that, you know, just like, just go get an abortion, you know? So it's all incredibly well and good to kind of like blame the church for bringing this about. But even the church are like, you know, it's kind of tricky. You know, granted, I'm not a huge fan of, of theirs on this. I think that you're, it's a little bit weird in general. Um, but it's and especially I think it's a little bit weird when we're talking about like later term abortions, you know, or what we term late term abortions now, which is like one of the things that... Um, you know, the Supreme Court likes to go on about. Um, but, you know, you'll see, for example, medical man- manuals and gynecological texts, which will talk about how you perform extraordinarily late term abortions when the woman is going to die. Yeah. Right. Like if there's a breech baby and the woman's going to die and the baby's going to die and nobody's making it out of here alive. Right. Um, they have ways and they explain how you kind of get the fetus out. And like how ways in which, um, you know, you would in that case sort of dismember the fetus in order to save the woman's life. And that's what late, what we call late term abortion ordinarily is um, now in the modern world as well, because like no one is all like, oh, I don't know. I could really go two ways on this one until about like seven months of like the most uncomfortable, unbearable thing that you can go through, which is pregnancy. No one ever talks about how awful pregnancy is. There's a conspiracy of silence about how it's absolute (laughs) garbage, right? So like no one is just like doing that for fun. And then in month seven, like, oh, I'm tired of this. Never mind. I don't want to be a mom, right? Like people who are having late-term abortions might die. They're going to die, right? And Or go crazy like Edward VII's victims, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> exactly and it's like that the these things needed to be available and so the church was really uh clear on that and would like encourage uh doctors you know to to figure out how to you know get the mother to live in those s- situations mm-hmm. so they were really clear on when late-term abortion would be appropriate and when it was like health care actually in a sudden flash it all comes clear it's a eureka moment an epiphany Hi, I'm Marcus Smith, host of the Constant Wonder Podcast. The world offers marvel, meaning, and mystery around every single corner. In nature, art, science, culture, history, we talk everything from bees and beetles to obelisks and asteroids. Experience the thrill of transformative encounter. We'll bring more wonder to your day. Listen to Constant Wonder wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. The medieval um, church is better about this than the Supreme Court. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. You'll get to that. Don't worry. I'm we'll just struck by what you were saying about this whole abandoning kids yeah. at, at monasteries thing. 
and mm-hmm. it, it's an act of desperation isn't it yeah it, I mean, absolutely the abortion it is. is an act of desperation. no nobody does abortion for fun no but there's yeah. this when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you find the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was the image that just flashed straight through my head was it was Ivanka and I forget who her husband is because Jared gone. Yeah. Who just stuck out this thing going, we will adopt your baby. There are tons of babies all over the world. Babies need of adoption. They are languishing, you know, in, in, in homes in, in the States. Like we have huge problems with, you know, numbers of children who are not, and it's just a lie. It's just a lie. No, they won't. If they would adopt your baby, they would have already adopted some freaking babies. There's plenty of babies to go adopt, go adopt a baby. Oh my God. You know, like it's it's just, and it's also just incredibly telling as well because it's just so snide you know the rich saying things like this the rich being like oh well i'll simply collect all the babies that you poors can't stop yourself from having because i've got the resources for it like all great well you know we are in you know decade bajillion of widening like wealth inequality you know people everywhere are having to decide between you know fuel and food and you're just out here being like oh add a baby to the mix. oh maybe i'll adopt your baby you don't know ha <laughs> and like as if i want a ghoul like ivanka raising you know a child <laughs> any child let alone a child with my dna you know it's terrible it's awful oh can ah. i also throw a really basic one in the mix yeah. um, both historically and contemporary the if you want to prevent an abortion from ever being a necessity men just don't have sex mm. thoughts on that you know what, what but also historically what's the church's attitudes on that i mean that oh, there is yeah, a, that, a that, side that, that is 100 percent the church's attitude the, the church's attitude is just like we'll stop having sex then i don't know what to tell you, <laughs> you know and uh and and for and for the church it is expressly like you just need to not have sex because obviously for the church anything other than p and v where you're trying to get pregnant is like a wrong and b like a lot of it's sodomy so like i mean even if you're doing something like you know having sex with your wife while she's on her period which i mean it's 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 theoretically possible that you can get pregnant it's you know infinitely small but theoretically possible they would call that sodomy right because you know pregnancy isn't going to happen so they were like hey if you don't want to be a dad then you need to knock it off and more specifically they really put that onus on men because, you know, the idea is that women are so oversexed and wild and sexy, um, as we've uh, talked about before, uh, since women sit, women can't control themselves, right? Like, well, they're going to want to have trusted, sex. So it's now, on the men, right? So it's on the men to kind of, like, deal with that, you know? And it's, 
yeah, like it, 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 it's an interesting one because I, I feel like one of the things that's really changed with modernity, right, is with this kind of a uh, change in in. The, the gendered way that we see people. So now we see women as the ones who are disinterested in sex and men as the ones who are interested in sex. And with that, we've also kind of like changed whose responsibility is. And it's, it seems like the responsibility always seems to lie with the person who is viewed as being disinterested in sex. So now that we think women are disinterested, it's like, well, why are you as a woman getting pregnant? Whereas in the Middle Ages, when men were the ones who were disinterested in sex, it was like, why are you as a man getting women pregnant? Right. Where it's like you, there should be some kind of, you know, barrier that that you are dealing with. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I see that really kind of changes over the period. Um, and it's an interesting one. I also think that, like, you know, because this should scare men, you know, uh, like, you know, it should scare anyone who's like out here having sex with people who could get pregnant. It's you know, it's not great, you know, um, for anybody involved. And uh, it makes things incredibly it limits your range of options, right? Like it's so un unfree, which is uh, hilarious because you know it's it's you know the whole American thing about freedom, and it's like, well, yeah, apparently, like you got you we're supposed to have the freedom to anything, but it's like unless you what you want to do is just like have sex for fun, in which case, no, like shoot anyone you want, but God forbid you should have sex for fun. Like it's just so weird. It's uh, yeah. I can't, expl- I can't explain it to you other than that we were founded by Puritans and that's, that's the problem. So yeah. I, I want to keep throwing these hand grenades into this argument because um, <laughs> partly your reactions are just peerless and partly because <laughs> the, these really uncomfortable things actually matter and people need to sit there and have a fucking think about these things. Sexual mm-hmm. assault. We've touched on it already with that horrific yep. case with the 10 year old kid. Oh my God. Um, the now, I mean, I, I can't pretend to know about these kinds of things within um, the medieval period, but what has always been very clear to me from court records is it's all the woman's fault. Um, mm-hmm. And the woman was, when you look at trials for sexual assault, um, it's very clear that even if the kid is like 13, yeah. um, the, the language that's being used is promiscuous. This child seduced me. Mm-hmm. Um, the woman mm-hmm. was gagging for it. And, you know, the, the man wasn't able to, to do anything. It's, it's like, actually what happened was the woman raped the man. Yeah. All of that kind of bullshit, and these things don't get prosecuted. Yeah, and so it's it's uh, it's, it's frustrating because you're you're absolutely right because the way that you know um, it's an infantis- it's an infinitesimally small number of rape cases that ever go to trial in the first place. You know, because 100%. most most women are just like it is not worth it to be re-traumatized in this way, and then go to court and get called a slut because that's what happens. Like there's there's one defense. There's one defense in rape trials and it's no, she wanted it actually. And she's the lying slut right now. The way that rape is seen in the medieval period is quite interesting because um, it's even worse and more dehumanizing Uh, because rape isn't necessarily seen um, as something that happens to a woman. It's more like a property dispute between men. So uh, for example, so, for example, Aquinas, when he talks about rape, he doesn't make any differentiation between, so say a woman, uh, a young woman lives with her parents and she decides she wants to go off with a guy and have sex and she goes and does that. Aquinas counts that as rape as much as some guy going into a woman's house in the middle of the night, kidnapping her and for what we would call forcibly raping her because you didn't ask the dad's permission uh, and the dad 
is the guy that you've wronged. And what you've done is you've taken away her market value as a bride. Um, and so one of the ways that you can kind of like, you can kind of undo rape as far as Aquinas is concerned by like offering to marry the woman after you've raped her. Oh, I bet she joyously. And she, that, oh, right? wonderful. Right. But then there's an even more kind of pernicious thing to talk about here. And, and I bring this up specifically because there was, I believe a Missouri state Senator some years ago brought, brought this up, but there's a really terrible medieval idea about rape, which is that, um, you know, because, it was considered that most often that conception required both men and women to orgasm during sex. It's called the tooth seed theory. So their idea is that like women release sperm when they orgasm, men release sperm when they orgasm, that mixes together. That's how you get a baby. They, they, it's quite some time before people know about um, ovum. And the, they, so basically if a woman says, Hey, everybody, I was raped and she's pregnant. That allows medieval people to say, no, you weren't. Because if you didn't enjoy it, then why are you pregnant right now? And that still happens. I bring up this Missouri state Senator, the name of which escapes me right now because screw him. And I don't want to remember his name, but he literally said, on the record, you know, very recently, in cases of legitimate rape, women's bodies have a way of shutting the whole pregnancy thing down. That would be Todd Aiken. Yep, Todd Aiken. Yep. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, so add him to the list of scumbags who apparently thinks that we're like ducks or something where if we don't like it, we've got like an extra passage or something, and and you know, the, the, like that will happen. But it, it's. It, it, it's just kind of proof that there's this holdover, right? So it's like, so that 10 year old girl, according to Todd Aiken, wasn't raped because she's pregnant. The 10 year old girl. So, and, and medieval people would agree with that, you know, in some cases, well, you know, like real, real, real winners, yeah. you know, like Aquinas. So how much yeah. of a fucking cretin do you need to be to think that that's the case in 2022? Well, that, I mean, he, he, he died last year, so. Oh, I don't care if he's dead. He's still a fucking yeah. cretin. Yeah. With, with his opinions. Um, Russ and um, piss guy. I don't no, care. No, like... no comment about that. Um, but he did. Um, and the fact that he was old for me, I'm not buying any of this. Oh, you know, well, old, old people, you know, they say things. No, fuck that. You're a state senator. You oh, I mean, and please, you know, old people say things. I'm sorry, but like, I, I'm pretty sure that I could, if I could seance my dead grandfather right now, he wouldn't think that it, that was true. <laughs> you know, like, I just don't see that happening. You know, like, no. We, we talked about the church. We've talked about a-holes in charge. Uh, what's, what are general people, like aristocracy, uh, like the peasants? I mean, how do they feel? What do they feel if they find out, girl next door, got pregnant, could, didn't want a baby, couldn't have a baby, she got an abortion? How is she regarded by her peers? So this is what's a quite interesting thing, right? Because the majority of medical care for the majority of people, it's like it doesn't matter who, we just don't know about right? Mm. Because there's no such thing as like medical records. Like no one is like, I went and did this. And in fact, the great majority of medical care, just people don't have access to physicians. You know, you might have access to a midwife, that kind of person. Um, But what happens is the great majority of abortions will just take place because a woman does it herself. 
yeah. in the medieval period. She'll she'll find out one way or another because this stuff is very much in kind of like the not only kind of like medical lore, but it's the sort of thing that kind of spreads mouth to mouth because that's the sort of thing that you need to know about. And so we just don't have a way of knowing it. And actually, the majority of people will just never know. They'll never know. So, you know, like if they find out, yeah, sure, you know, there might be some backlash and especially some dudes will call you improper or whatever. But fundamentally, no one will know because the great majority of women will find out that they're pregnant, be don't really like that. They will mix together whatever medicines they need in order to have an abortion. They will have an abortion. That's it. Job done. Right. And we just don't hear about it. Um, you are more likely to kind of like know more about what the physicians of the nobility are doing. Yeah. Um, because, you know, like they have things written down, but we definitely know that, that, you know, Hildegard of Bingen, who, you know, was from the nobility and a nun and a saint, like wrote down abortifacients in her medical guides. Right. Yeah. So, do we, know like, of any, do we know of any high-profile women who had abortions in the period? I mean, not really, no. Yeah. Um, it's something that people will kind of, like, throw at women as an accusation. And it's also something, like, as the period kind of moves on, as you move into the early modern period, um, and when you're in the early modern period and in with witch trials and stuff, abortion is one of the things that will get leveled at women um during witch trials so like there's this kind of get leveled at every woman who runs for office in america oh god yeah like i mean (laughs) i think i think it's like one of the things that Anne Boleyn was accused of for example like she's accused of having sex with her brother um witchcraft and i think that there there was some inclusion there of like that she was she was getting pregnant but having abortions or something like that and you know it's that kind of thing but especially high profile women will never know if they had abortions because it's like when you're a high profile woman essentially your job is to become a mother Mm. right and so if you don't want to a if it's because you're not married or something it's like you don't want to bring down again the price of your marriage and you know like dowries are are a thing um and if you are married you're definitely not gonna let anybody know yeah right it's gonna pass it off as your husband can carry on exactly and so basically abortion is one of these things that we definitely know existed because of all of you know the records of the ways that you can do it but because it is a kind of private medical thing and because society frowns on it by its nature it takes place in this really secretive way and so you know people were all doing it it's just that we don't really get to know about it is it fair to say then that even the medieval system was smarter than what we've just seen come out of the usa recently absolutely Absolutely. And so this is the thing that's kind of like driving me nuts in that way that it always does. Cause I keep seeing people be like, Oh, this medieval reaction. I'm like, this isn't medieval. Medieval people were much chiller than this. Right. We are much, much chiller than this. This is a uniquely modern madness, you know, that's happening right now because, you know, for all its faults and like, don't get me wrong. I'm here to, I'm here to talk trash about the medieval church and, and make fun of it all day long. You've seen my work. You're familiar. Uh, But it's, you know, they actually have a lot more nuance about these things. So even when they're like, well, you shouldn't have abortions and it's bad, you know, what they're saying is like, well, yeah, here's the penance that you do. They're not saying like, you know, what, what is happening now with the overturning Roe versus Wade that you should be imprisoned. You know, they're not saying anything like that, which is essentially what 
you know, is being, you know, lauded in Texas and Arizona and places like that, you know, where they're like, oh, well, we will arrest you. We will, we will pry into your personal information to find out where it is you're going, like in order to imprison you. And medieval people simply wouldn't have done that. They'd been like, oh, I don't know. I think they should be fasting for my holy, I don't know, you know, like things like that, you know. So it's also a really different way of looking at punishment because medieval punishments and like how the church sees things, the church is always kind of putting out there that there's a way back, you know, that there's a way back that if you do these things, even if it's not ideal, it can be made up for. Whereas these people, they, first of all, they don't perceive of, you know, um, they, they perceive of stuff like imprisonment as punishment, not as like um, retributive. Right. And the medieval way of looking at a lot of things, like unless it's an offense against the king, which will like get you killed. Right. If you like, Mm -hmm. like, no doubt if you steal the king's sheep, you're going to get killed. Like, I promise you. But you're not going to get killed for having an abortion in the medieval period. Um, And, you know, there are plenty of people involved in this sort of stuff who would like to kill women. Uh, who want abortions. And and basically that's what this is. When you make abortion illegal, you're saying that you hope women will die when they have abortions. That's what you're saying. And you know, that's, that's basically what's come down. So medieval church had a way back and these people don't, you know, they don't. The obvious question. And the one that we're asking everybody um, over the course of this is where does it go from here? Uh, In, in two senses, one, what is the way back? That's probably quite obvious. People need to get a fucking grip. Um, mm-hmm. and, and Congress mm-hmm. needs to step in and, mm-hmm. you know, safeguard the safety of its citizens, which is fundamentally what's now at stake. Um, but, but also, Alex talked about it earlier, you know, this idea that they're going and targeting other rights that women currently have, but which apparently they shouldn't have because mm. they're equal, but apparently no longer equal. Yep. What, are, what are your concerns in that regard as well? Um, so I am... Yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll start with the first bit. I think that what needs to happen is this has to be at this point legislative. Um, that's the issue. And that's and that's what should have happened quite some time ago. And it's extraordinarily frustrating, as I already mentioned, that it hasn't happened. Um, so what needs to happen now is that we need a law passed that just enshrines the fact that women are people uh, and that, you well, that, that anybody with a uterus, I keep saying women, you know, obviously we, we got um, our, our trans friends out there who have uteruses and have problems with this as well. Um, it needs to be said in law that this is something that is inalienable, inalienable and cannot be taken away. And that would do it. Like we just, we just need something legislative in theory, the Democrats have a majority. Um, in reality, there's two Democrats who are awful people, uh, Chris and cinema and mansion, both of whom, if I see them, it's on site um, and are kind of blocking it for real. Cause they just don't feel like it. They just don't feel like it. Okay. Uh, which is ridiculous too, because if you ask, if you ask Americans, it is overwhelmingly thought by the majority of Americans, about 70% of Americans are in favor of, you know, abortion being legal. Like it's not, it's not even like, this is not even controversial. It's just that a bunch of monsters think that it shouldn't be. And they're quite loud. Right. So what we need is to get something through actually the legislative branch to make a law about this because it's absolutely ridiculous that it's been left to judicial oversight um, in this instance. Um, 
And also, you know, the thing that can kind of be done on a practical level, what we're talking about in terms of, you know, what you and I can do um, is there's a lot of um, abortion funds and abortion travel funds that people can access. So there's like groups that are really working that are already that already exist, who are like working to kind of like try to make it available to people who need these services. They'll like to get you where it is that you need to go and get an abortion. So what I would say is if you specifically want to do something, um, you can look up those groups. Uh, there's a lot of uh, really great ones um, and they can get the kind of money where it needs to go. So there are practical ways of organizing that you and I can deal with. And those groups already exist. It's not even like it's on us to do it. We just have to support them. Um it is terrifying in terms of like what this moment is is like in terms of like the you know the existentialness of it because I think one of the things I would love to ask Clarence Thomas I'd like as a black man who grew up in the sixties and saw some pretty nasty shit I'm assuming mm-hmm. it because um, unless you had your eyes shut for the whole of the sixties in the civil rights movement mm. how do you feel about the fact that you have created an america where legitimately people will have to reinstigate an underground fucking railroad to get women safe abortions to have agencies over their bodies you're okay with that are you because apparently he is and, and that's the thing, actually, that's gross and what's difficult to get your head around with these people. And I think what we've been trying for too long is to compromise with them. But you can't because, yeah, they like that. That's what they like. They're just gross. And I, and I can't tell you why. Clarence Thompson, Thomas, Clarence Thompson, <laughs> Thomas <laughs> likes that. I'm not even going to say his name right anymore. Nope. That's how much I hate him. Um, <laughs> I'm going to call him Clive Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking away his agency uh, to have his own. That's right. That's right. Um, so I feel like it's, you know, like this is kind of like a really tricky moment, uh, but it's also important on us. Like there's a history lesson here, right? Where it's like people like to believe that history is just like this one big long road to things getting better and people getting yeah. more rights and women being treated better and things like that. And it's not, that's not how history works. And every single right that people enjoy right now is something that has been fought for at times, quite literally. Um, and you can't just say, oh, well, it's done. So it'll never be, we'll never yeah. go back. It'll never be taken away from us. That, Cause clearly that's not, that's not true. Right. Yeah. You know, medieval women actually had better access to abortion than a lot of these women will. There was actually less condemnation. Now it's like getting worse again. And it was just kind of like this brief bright spot. So it's the precedent it sets for everything else going forward as well. Cause if they can take that from you, they yeah. can take other things from you. And those other things don't have to be from women. They can be from ethnic minorities. They can yep. be from gay people. They can yep. be from trans people. I have so many gay friends who are investigating their citizenship options at this point because they fear for the future. That, yeah. That's yeah. the precedent that's terrifying, I think. Yeah, and I mean, again, against Clive, said this in his judgment that like we should also go after gay rights you know like they want to go after loving versus texas now and fuck you clive that's what i'm gonna say i know like like, this guy you have tuned you have tuned into liberal ranty week we're not even sorry i'm not and it's like it's so um you know it's heartbreaking it's really heartbreaking and um you know all i can really say is you know the same thing that i always say which is let this radicalize you rather than lead you to despair Right. Like what, what this is an opportunity to, you know, get involved with organizations and, and things like that. You know, we can't despair is a luxury. 
right? We can't just cl- throw our hands up and say, oh, well, this is this is awful and it's it's terrible and uh, woe is me, we're, we're sad. Like, we're sad, yes, but we need to channel that into doing things now. And I know it's hard um, and it feels like we've just been having to do that for way too long, <laughs> you know, but it's it's still true, um, you know, and, and I really do think that kind of like organizing is the way forward on this one, yeah. Eleanor, as ever, you've been utterly utterly peerless thank you for joining us i hope you're feeling just a a tiny bit kind of better for the cathartic nature of the last half hour (laughs) yeah it is it is a pleasure to kind of just get it off my chest and thanks so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this because i think it's so important that people understand the history of this and therefore how absolutely wild this moment is you know When our guests join us to talk about their work and their new book, the 45 minutes or so they spend with us is just a taster of all their efforts. So to this end, we have launched our very own bookshop on bookshop.org, where you can find our guests' latest and greatest books. You can support them and you can support History Hack too. 10% of every sale via our bookshop supports the podcast and allows us to keep at it and bring you more amazing guests. You can find our bookshop at bookshop.org forward slash shop forward slash history hack or just search on bookshop.org for us under the shops bit. Thank you for your continued support and here's to your next great book. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.